You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, let's do this. Welcome in, everybody, to the Gary Harris Show. This is the Tuesday, October 24 edition, 2023. I'm your host, Gary Harris. i got Justin Jones, uh, Manny the Controls, taking your phone calls on the First Domain Condos hotline at 205-342-9904. Of course, Noah Haynes has been uh, hanging out with us as well, and uh, he's around every morning early, and uh, we love having him as part of the show as well. And I uh, love having you as part of the show, and uh, welcome in. It's a week from Halloween, so just a week left uh and we'll be transitioning to uh, November, and the weather's incredible. I'm not going to sit there and tell you otherwise. It's beautiful. It's great, but I still wish it were a little cooler. I wish we could get a little rain. You know, I mouthed off a couple weeks ago how, how it looked like we are going to get a real fall in October and going to get some cool temps, and we did there for a few days, but it went right back. Uh, I even, you know, am running the air conditioner a little bit, not much, um, but you know, to cool it down a little bit because in the afternoon uh, it heats up, and when I get in at night, um, it's heated up a little bit, so I'll usually turn it on and crank it down two or three degrees. But uh, but no complaints. It's gorgeous outside. There's no denying that. Just again, I'd love to have I'd love to have those temperatures at night. I like it when they're hitting down in the low fifties, upper forties. Instead, we're I think pretty much staying in the sixties <laughs> right now. And it was already I think like sixty eight degrees when I was. Uh, Coming in this morning, but uh, again, you can't complain about that. All right, let me go ahead and tell you this hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Remember, owned and not-for-profit, it really is just a better way of banking. And I say that with all sincerity, and uh, it's just absolutely a terrific, uh, terrific um, organization and uh, endorsed by Will Reichert, Alabama's record-setting place kicker. And in fact, uh, Will is on the ad for the official University of Alabama alumni card, which you can get right now. Roll your tide and show your pride. Apply at Alabama Credit Union. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. That's alabamacu.com. Alabama Credit Union. Loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And pull extra change in your pocket. Right, here's the lineup at 930. It's the Rocket Man, Rudy Arman from 977 ESPN Radio in Huntsville. He'll be talking some ball with us. At 1030, former Alabama and Ole Miss baseball player David Kindred started his career at Ole Miss out of American Christian, finished up at Alabama, and he's going to talk some baseball with us. The Major League Baseball playoffs as the uh, American League series is over, and what an interesting series. The road team won every game. The Rangers beat the Astros uh, two games in Houston, then lost three games at home, and then won two games in Houston. And tonight we'll decide the National League uh, representative between Arizona and Philadelphia. As both these series won a seven games, and then uh, the winner tonight will face the Texas Rangers in the World Series, and we will um, we'll talk with that about David. Also uh, uh, with David about that, and also uh, Bama baseball, as he follows that very closely. Did a few games on television this past year. And the Crimson Tide and Fall Ball really looks like they got some pop. Really looks like they got some power in their bat. So that's the guest list. Also, Nick Saban spoke as he does every year on the bye week Monday. He spoke to the uh, Monday morning quarterback club over in Birmingham yesterday morning. And we've got all of his comments uh, ready to go. And we'll probably just run that in its entirety since it wasn't a press conference here at UA. And not many people have heard it. Uh, but we've got it for you. So we'll uh, we'll run that this morning, too. And uh, we'll get to some phone calls. And, in fact, let's just go ahead and do that right now. Tom has uh, been on since right before the show got started, ready to go. So let's uh, let's lead off with Tom. And always a good way to start the show with him. Hey, good morning, Tom. 
Gary, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I enjoy uh, the shows in the morning very much, and uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, what I wanted to do, though, is I, I sent Barry uh, a, a line-by-line breakdown of the scrimmage that the men's basketball team had with um, TCU Sunday. Right. And, and yesterday I'd asked him to take a look at it and, and evaluate what he saw, and which he didn't. And, and, of course, you know, when I ask Barry something, it's always ignored. And um, But anyway, I'm over that part of it. And, and so I know Tuesday is the day for Drew to be on. Yeah. And, and I was going to ask you if you would get – I know Drew's looked over the box score. Yep. I, I would like for y'all, since it's a bye week and, and we don't have to go so heavy into football just yet, would y'all please go over uh, the uh, basketball scrimmage? Yeah, and, I was planning on it anyway, but for sure, Tom. We uh, Yeah, uh, I figured that, but I just wanted to be sure. Well, and I, if it makes you feel also, if it makes really you feel any better when I ask Barry something, he ignores me too. So uh, well, don't take don't take it personal. Oh, I don't. But I, you know, I just wish. I wish. You know, he's. A, they, they're really good at basketball. That's why I asked that mm-hmm. because I, I value their uh, evaluation, and and uh, and then just to get ignored about it, it it's just it's disheartening. And uh, so, uh, but anyway, all that aside. Well, he probably would, just got. I mean, I'm. I, I haven't talked to him. In fact, I just got in this morning, right at the top of the show. So we passed each other in the parking lot. But he probably got busy with something, or uh, or oh, just. Oh yeah, he sure did. His own stuff. Taylor Swift. That's all he's been talking about <laughs> for a month. He's obsessed with Taylor Smith, uh, Swift, and how much money she makes, and you know, and and uh, all that. A hundred million dollars for one night at the movies, and I mean, it's just, it's on and on. I'm so tired of it, I don't know what to do. Well, I'll, you don't have to worry. I, I'm, I don't, I won't be talking too much about Taylor Swift today. We'll, we'll, we'll but, see. hey, I did want to say this. Uh, uh, when you and Drew talk, I want you to go over Sam Walters, 29 points, 7 of 12 from 3, and was driving the bench crazy with the way he was playing. Yeah. They were loving him and everybody so excited for him. And and that's one of the areas I want y'all to uh, go into. But uh, if you don't mind doing that, I would appreciate it. Well, you be listening at 930, time, and we'll do it. I promise you. I, I listen every minute of the show. You ain't got to tell me what time. I listen all day. All right, I listen brother. all morning. We'll, we'll cover it for you. Thank you, Tom. It's uh, nine ten here, and uh, we'll definitely talk some hoops with Drew DeArm and uh, Drew Falls basketball. Very, very close, and so we'll talk Bama football and uh, and basketball with Drew coming up at uh, at nine thirty. Uh, back to this baseball just for a moment, and as I said, we'll get into it with David Kindred. You normally, you know, we have Kayla Anderson on Tuesdays for the Titans report, but I said last week since they were on bye this past Sunday, we'll give her a week off, and uh, Titans play this coming Sunday, and we'll crank back up with that. Uh, the Titans did make make some news, and uh, I don't know what. Again, they're they're an interesting organization right now, and I, I can't really figure out where they're headed if they're if they're building for the future. You know, they're in a division that's not a great division. They're trying to win right now, but they traded um, their safety Kevin Byard, who's a two time Pro Bowler, to the Eagles, um, who are looking for you know some DB help. 
and he's a good player. He has not had a great year now, but he is, you know, they traded him to the Eagles for um, Terrell Edmonds and some draft picks and not real high draft picks. So the Eagles have had a great knack for picking up players and, um, you know, Philadelphia is, like I said, they're, they're a little short right now. In the press conference, um, Bayard is 30 years old, and this is probably just a a short-term fix for the Eagles with um, Justin Evans and Reed Blankenship both hurt, and starting nickel cornerback Bradley Roby also missed the game with the Dolphins. Now, they navigated that game well with, you know, backup defensive backs um, and got the win, but they are looking for some help right now, and, and Bayard will do that. Again, I, I'm almost to the point with Tennessee that I hope they play Will Levis some. We've seen uh, we've seen Willis at quarterback, and to be quite honest with you, um, he has not been impressive at all. And I, I don't know what their plan is, but they drafted, you know, um, Will Levis out of Kentucky, You've got uh, Malik Willis, as I said, who's just not uh, – I mean, he has not been impressive at all. He got a chance to play last year. He's played some this year. And uh, Ryan Tannehill is getting long in the tooth and hasn't been very effective anyway. So maybe they'll see what Levis has got. I'd like to see them deal Henry, Derrick Henry, to a contender. I don't think the Titans are a contender. I think there's too many holes in that team. You know, it could be wrong if they get hot and start winning, but, you know, I don't see it. So I wouldn't mind uh, – I wouldn't mind seeing – Tennessee, um, you know, do something with Henry. Give him a chance to go to a team that's that's got Super Bowl potential. All right, let's uh, jump back out on the first of Main Condos hotline, 205-342-9904, and visit with Philip. Hey, good morning, Philip. Good morning, sir. I hope you're doing good. Doing great. Your uh, your Missouri Tigers yeah. still still rolling high. I wish they'd have won that game against LSU. That sure would have helped Alabama. But um, – they're, oh man, they're still yeah. they're still in pretty good shape. They still control their own destiny in the East, and then next week they get a crack at Georgia. So we'll see. Yeah, I was I was going to uh, ask you about something else on sure. basketball, but I, <clears throat> now that you brought up Missouri, I will say this: uh, one little scheduling uh, kink that's pretty interesting right here is that Missouri is off this weekend prior to yep. facing Georgia. That's right. They get a bye. They get a chance, and and Georgia's can't can't look ahead Mm -hmm. because they're playing Florida. So maybe that uh, maybe that'll help them. Yep. Yep. And then and then um and then Georgia plays Ole Miss after that. So I'm like the 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 guy that uh, went from Bearhead on a while ago. I think somebody is going to test Georgia very very strongly here in the next few weeks. Yeah, we can only hope. Yeah, (laughs) that's for sure. (laughs) I, I, I was going to ask you, uh, Gary, uh, just uh, if, if you think about it here in the next eight, nine days, uh, if you get any information on the Emerald uh, Coast Classic uh, as far as tickets and, and, and how to order and all that sort of stuff, if you could divulge that, I sure would appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll look for that. I think you you might have asked about that back in the summer. I can't. Somebody did, and at the time, I couldn't find much information it was, on it. But. It, was, it was too early. It was too yeah, early. Yeah, but I'll... And, um, um, I'll look for that. Yeah, I'll look for try to get. To, I'll try to get some information on that for sure. Yeah, but that's going to be an interesting little tournament up in Niceville. I went to school there at 
time that school was called Okaloosa Walton yeah, Junior remember, College. Yeah, I remember and, well. And, yeah. And they re, they renamed it. It's a beautiful campus, but it's just it's gonna be so cool for Alabama and Ohio State, Baylor and whoever the other team, Oregon, I think, uh, to end up in Nashville, Florida, of all places. That's yeah, it's Alabama, Ohio State, Oregon, and uh, Santa Clara are the headliners. And, uh, yeah, that, it's going to be, I agree with you. It's also got, uh, um, shoot, I pulled it up now. You got Southern Cal. I mean, you got, uh, Southeastern Louisiana. It looks like Mercer. I mean, you're right. It's a, uh, uh, all right, here, here's a little bit of information for you. Um, tickets are, have been on sale for a while, but it doesn't, let's see, I found the link to the tournament. It says, um, third round and championship round of the 2023 Emerald Classic. Coast Cots will be held in Destin, November 24th and 25th. Tickets for the event went on sale September the 7th. Um, but I don't see any kind of ticket link. Hang on. Let me look here and see. Cause, um, all right, here we go. Yeah, yeah, there's a link. Uh, tickets for the second round and championship round of 2023 Emerald Coast Classic now available. Tickets are available for the Friday, November 24th session or the Saturday, November 25th session. Session tickets get you into both games in the session. Uh, the arena at Northwest Florida State College in Niceville will host the games um, for both days. The arena hosts 2,300 seats, all chairbacks. Not a bad seat in the house. Tickets are on sale for Friday evening games and the second pair of games on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, there. If you go to EmeraldCoastClassic.com, Philip, EmeraldCoastClassic.com, okay. and when you get to the website, look up top. Oh, wow. It's sold out. Good God. I just checked it. It is sold. The event is sold out. Because like you said, that is a big deal. And um, Wow. Yeah, my gosh, dude. That, That's, uh. That bike. Yeah, unless, well, uh, now, you know. Well, my fault. My fault. Well, not really. I mean, I, like I said, it's just, it, it might have been one of those deals with, for that, that, uh, that <laughs> community. Like you said, this is a big, big deal. And boy, that is a nice looking little arena. Uh, although I will mm-hmm. tell you this, uh, because of the, the teams involved, there'll be tickets on the secondary market for that. Now, you know that. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure. what the, what the cost will be, I don't know, but they will be available if you check the, you know, you check the ticket sites or, um, you know, just, are do you yeah. still living down that area now? Who's that? Do you still live in that area now? Uh, no, my, my brother lives in the bar and I was going to go down and, and, uh, Spend a few days with him and just go to the park. Yeah, well, if he lives there, uh, you could stay with him. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things if you're yeah. down there for, you know, Thanksgiving or the holidays and, and, uh, you know, you made your way to the arena, I bet there'd be, you know, some tickets available. I, I, shoot, I hate that for you, but I, I wouldn't give up completely. Yeah, I won't. I just, uh, and you know, you might have a team that plays on Friday night that, uh, yeah, I don't know exactly how the tournament's going to work in terms of the bracket, but, um, you know, there might be some people that go Friday that don't want to go Saturday and, uh, or, or yeah. something like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I if, yeah. if you could stay with him, you could probably, actually, you could probably get in. Oh, yeah. Right. It's actually a little confusing the way they implement the Destin in with it because I don't think there's going to be anything going on with Destin. I don't know why I said that, but that's what it said, you know. Um, uh, I know. It's been I guess it's the early, I guess it must be the early, the, the earlier games. Um, 
I don't even know in Destin where they've got an arena. Well, they must have it somewhere because I just read it off. That's the yep. site, and uh, it says third round and championship round games are held at the campus of Northwest Florida State College in Niceville. But I guess it must be some of those earlier games. It must be playing somewhere in Destin. I, I don't know. I, I'm. It's confusing yeah. to me too, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would imagine the team is probably staying in Destin. I would think they wouldn't stay in Niceville. Probably, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But boy, that is, well, it is. A, you're right. That is a beautiful. That is a beautiful little arena. That, you're right. That's going to be fun with people slammed in there. That is going to be. Oh yeah, man. Uh, but that's you know too for Alabama. That ought to be a big home court advantage. They ought to have uh, right. you know, a lot. They got a lot of Bama people down in that area, and uh, you know all these tournaments in the in these uh, you know Hawaii and the Virgin Islands and all that. But fun, but for for. Uh, for um, atmosphere, this one, you're right, it's going to be hard to beat. That place is going to be jumping. Right. Well, hey, man, I appreciate the, the work on that, Gary. All Thanks right, Philip. So thank you, man. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to the break. It's uh, 920. We're off and running. Drew Armin coming up to talk Bama football and basketball at 930. Uh, David Kindred talking baseball at 1030. We've got the uh, media session with uh, – Nick Saban, as he met the media prior to speaking to the uh, Monday Morning Quarterback Club, we've got all of his comments. We'll play those for you, too. Take more of your phone calls. Alabama's on by this week, but uh, we'll still talk uh, Crimson Tide football. In fact, I'm going to, uh, some point this morning, probably in the second hour, just kind of give you my thoughts on how Alabama has navigated to this point to get through these first eight games. Because I'm telling you what, when they were when they were 2-1 and one, uh, coming out of the South Florida game, having struggled mightily down there in Tampa against an outmanned opponent and and had lost to Texas. Uh, it didn't look good. So for Alabama to navigate to this point um, says something about their team. And uh, I'll talk about how they got to this point and what they need to do to finish it off. That's coming up later on in the show. Well, let's get to the break, and we'll be back with more. This is the Gary Harris Show on Tide 109. Point, uh, 109. 100.9 FM. I can't see the sign over there. Got a big chair in the way. I'll get to it in a minute. 1230 AM WTBC. We'll be back after this. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. If Patterson Industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and Free Special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and free vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens, but no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican families Favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Las Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Las Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Las Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Tide 100.9. 
Tuscaloosa weather. The weather stays dry today. The sky mostly sunny. The high around 80. For tonight, fair with the low at 56. For tomorrow and Thursday, rain-free weather continues. A good supply of sunshine both days. Highs up in the low 80s between 80 and 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 64 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. All right, 924. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Well, on the national scene, uh, this NCAA investigation into Michigan uh, cheating with um, sending someone out to scout games, which is not supposed to be allowed anymore, and uh, getting intel has kind of uh, um, exploded, and, and there's a lot of thought that it could really be bad for Michigan. Now, if you're a Michigan fan, I you know it's nothing, it's no no big deal. He didn't work for the staff, and all that is what they're saying. But it's one thing to steal signs in real time. In other words, that's that's why you see these elaborate cardboard cutouts and you see people standing around with, you know, basically blockers to block. It's, you know, it's, it's, it goes on in there and, uh, um, you know, it's, it's kind of just part of the game, but. When you're starting to go into an elaborate cheating scheme, that's, um, you know, that kind of crosses the line. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I have not paid that much attention to it. Somebody asked me to speak on it. All I can tell you is from what I've read, um, this could be, um, this could be, Troublesome for Michigan. I don't think there's a doubt. You know, listen, Nick, uh, Nick Saban, Nick Saban's in good standing with NCA. Jim Harbaugh's already ticked off people with the NCA. There's no doubt about that. Um, but that's really, I, I have not, I just to be honest with you, I, I, I'll read more about it now that I've been asked to comment on it and try to get a better take on it for tomorrow's show. Really this morning, I'm just trying to kind of look over it now. Uh, I know that it's something that Michigan needs to be concerned with because it looks like again that they sent someone out to games uh, regularly to get information and to scout and steal information and that's not allowed. So that's about all I can tell you at this point. But we'll see what happens with it going forward. Of course, Michigan is is a prime contender for the college football playoff and the national um, championship. Uh, but again, uh, there are reports that the Michigan staffer had tickets at 11 Big Ten schools and had uh, purchased tickets in his own name for more than 30 games over the past three years at those 11 different Big Ten schools. Connor Stallions is his name. Michigan has suspended him um, in light of the investigation. But there's a report that the NCAA is expected to receive video evidence this week of illegal technology used in scouting tied to the tickets purchased by Stallions. Uh, This is according to a report at ESPN.com. So, as I said, Michigan, which is ranked number two in the AP poll, looking for its third consecutive trip to the college football playoff. It's the current betting favorite to win the national championship. Um, But this thing could be 
you know, a, a fly in the ointment type of thing. So we'll, um, you know, we'll keep an eye on it. And like I said, I'll try to read a couple of these stories today and be a little more well-versed on it, um, you know, tomorrow and the rest of the week. All right, it's 928. We're going to take a break. This hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. And a reminder that on Friday we'll be doing our Bama football trivia Contest presented by T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. We're going to give away another incredible prize with Bama football trivia. You cannot, uh, you can't, uh, beat this. I mean, this is, we've given away some incredible prizes. In fact, I talked to our Roman Harper print winner, uh, this morning. He's going to come down tomorrow from up in North Alabama and pick up his print. We gave away, um, you know, the Jalen Milrow autographed football a couple weeks ago and had, uh, a family member of Melman Jerry picked that up yesterday for him. So I got to get a picture out on social media, in fact. So uh, it's going to be another big one on Friday. And a reminder, go back to T-Town Menswear for all your menswear needs. And, of course, that incredible one-of-a-kind Alabama football memorabilia collection. T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. We'll be back with the Rocket Man, Drew Armand next right here on the Gary Harris Show. Hey, Chris. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. It's time for the Rocket Man, Rudy Arman. Goes to Talking Ball weekday mornings, 7 to 9, with Scott Tyson on 977 ESPN Radio there in the Rocket City. Also has a recruiting show, various radio show appearances, uh, writes for TiderInsider.com, and is able to join us every Tuesday to talk a little ball right here on the Gary Harris Show. How are you, Drew? Good, Gary. How are you? Doing well. Let's uh, let's take a look back at uh, Alabama, Tennessee, a tale of two halves. We've discussed it all week, but I want to get your uh, – your um, analysis of, of what you saw Saturday afternoon at Bryant-Denny Stadium, Alabama 34, Tennessee 20. Well, I mean, I just felt like um, Alabama came out, didn't have much rhythm offensively. I give Josh Heifel a lot of credit. I thought he had a really good plan offensively. He got Joe Milton to a rhythm. Uh, and then I thought, you know, Squirrel White did a great job uh, on his touchdown catch in the corner of the end zone on the opening drive. Uh, they made it, They had another uh, great catch late in the first half and helped them answer Alabama's touchdown. I thought Alabama started making adjustments by the second quarter, and I thought um, an underrated part of the game was I thought Alabama's defense, they didn't play spectacular football in the first half, but uh, they played good red zone defense and made Tennessee kick a couple of field goals because, uh, you know, those uh, that, uh, you know, strip sack where Milrow didn't step up in the pocket, that could have been a disaster for Alabama. Uh, you know, they they could have easily been down twenty-one nothing. So uh, to be only down thirteen to seven and to do their jobs and to uh, you know, uh, and, and then it, 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 certainly at the end of the half that contested catch and then that great drive that answered Alabama. They were up twenty to seven. They had all the momentum. They sacked Milrow at the end. I thought it was crucial uh, for Alabama to come back out, continue to build on what they did in the second quarter offensively, but start really really quickly. And they did start quickly. Uh, they got back in the game. I mean, they dominated. It's probably their best quarter of the year when you think about it in totality. When you think about outscoring Tennessee 20, 17 to nothing, uh, to take the lead going into the fourth quarter. And then for Riker to, 
kind of exercise those demons and to kick the 50-yard field goal and to get the strip sack and touchdown to kind of answer Tennessee's, except Jihad ends up taking it into the end zone. I thought it was just crucial, and I thought it, from a complimentary football perspective, and you talk about uh, you know Alabama playing their best ball, I thought that 27 to nothing half was just that. I thought they played outstanding complimentary football, and they answered uh, you know Tennessee at every and, and, and I thought they adjusted well too. I now Josh Heupel, he did some things that made me scratch my head, like going forward at midfield twice. Thought the play calls were dubious, and then I, I thought he kind of got away from the quick game. He tried to go back to it, but by that time, I thought Alabama had adjusted, and I just thought overall Alabama had their backs to the wall and they responded. And um, certainly, what we've learned though is that I think when Milrow is a willing runner, and he was in the second half, he can be very, very good and very, very difficult to stop. And uh, I think this offense made some strides, and they showed what they can look like. And they need to build on it, no question, because I think everybody understands the challenge they're going to face in the Bayou Bengals, who LSU far and away, uh, Gary, I think you uh, I would agree, has the best offense yeah. in the SEC. And Alabama's going to have to score. To me, they, you know, they got 34. Of course, one of them was a defensive touchdown. They've got to get in the 30s again against LSU because, LSU doesn't have an offensive weakness. I felt like Tennessee did coming into the game. I thought they were a little wide at wide receiver. Uh, Joe Milton played one of his better games, but he's certainly not Jared Daniels, uh, or excuse me, Jaden Daniels, pardon me. But LSU, I mean, when you look at their, with Logan Diggs now eligible, and they, they've got, uh, you know, John Emery back. And then when you look at their receivers, tight end, and then the best player in the SEC, and in my opinion, the leader for the Heisman Trophy and Jaden Daniels, LSU is really, really good. So, But I think that that second half should give Tommy Reese confidence, should give Jalen Milrow confidence, and I thought they did uh, one heck of a job in, in uh, shutting out Tennessee in, the, in half two and, and showing what this offense can continue to evolve into. When you look at Milrow from the start of the season uh, to where he's at now, and obviously against uh, Middle Tennessee, they played a kind of an outmanned opponent and he looked great. And then obviously the hiccups against Texas and didn't play against South Florida, but came back and, and really at that time, I think if you would have asked, uh, uh, a hundred people, probably about half of them would have said there's no way Alabama was going to go on a five game SEC winning streak, but they have. How much is he responsible for that? And how much have you seen him improve? And, and, uh, what's the ceiling? How much more do you think he can improve as he goes through this season? Well, if you're talking about Jalen Milrow, I think I certainly he can improve. I mean, he, he has to understand he's still in his infancy as a starting quarterback at Alabama. Uh, I think hopefully he and Tommy Reese, and I think Reese has probably been, uh, you know, coaching him up in this way. You know, I think when you look at it, uh, at, you see what he can, when he's a willing runner, when it opens up. It opens up, you know, the rest of the offense, no question about it. I think uh, they, it, it, it helps this offense become much more well-rounded. It certainly did in the red zone. And, uh, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I give, uh, you know, Reeves a lot of credit for what he did, what he added. I thought the wrinkles when you're talking about adding Kendrick Law, uh, you know, with the speed sweeps and what I call the Debo Samuels. I mean, no question. I thought that that helped uh, give Alabama a different look. I thought it, it provided a spark to the offense. So I thought they did a really nice job there, no doubt about it. Uh, and I think when you look at it too, I thought 
uh, you know, getting, uh, they, they were able to get the tight end involved, CJ Dupree, a little bit more. I thought they did that with a moving pocket and they slid the pocket a little bit and they helped, uh, Jalen Milrow. And then also I thought a big part of the second half too was I thought, uh, Jermaine Burton, he didn't make a play that he should have probably or at least had a better shot at making when you looked at the replay of that throw in the end zone. Now, of course, I think a tight end was open over the middle, but I still thought it was a tight window throw. Uh, that Milrow made, but I think he helped his quarterback out on that crossing route, going up and getting it. But I think you just see what Milrow's ability to run opens up is it made things easier for Jermaine Burton, or excuse me, for uh, for uh, Jace McClellan in the second half. I thought he ran the ball much much better. Uh, I thought the running game looked good. I thought you know the continued maturation of Jaden Roberts at right guard right. with Jason Latham. I thought the right side of the O line played really well couple of iffy snaps. I think one of them had to do with the quarterback in the center not being on the same page. Uh, but I thought, you know, still that the left tackle's a work in progress, but I thought he played better. So I thought just overall it showed that this offense can be more, you know, much more well-rounded. And they're going to have to be because they're going to have to score points against LSU. And the biggest thing the last, you know, two to three games that we've seen is they've started to be able to, score points in the red zone, especially touchdowns, and you can't settle for field goals against LSU. you got to score seven points. But I think this offense is growing, no doubt about it. And they get to the bye right where they had hoped to be. Uh, there's only one team unbeaten in the SEC West. It's Alabama. Of course, as we know, if you lose to LSU and uh, you lose the tiebreaker, if LSU doesn't lose another one, they're going to Atlanta. So it's by no means in in the books yet. But to get to this point, um, to be 7-1, and one, to be 5-0 and oh in the conference, I think is a major accomplishment for this team. But now it is about finishing the drill. And do you think that, um, you know, do you think Alabama's got four more wins in them uh, to get to Atlanta and have a chance uh, to play for an SEC championship and hopefully a spot in the college football playoff? Well, I mean, I, I, I don't really look at it in that way. I look at it as they have to beat LSU or none of it matters. So they have to win this one game coming up to set up everything else, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to sit there and say, well, can they win the next four? They, if, if they don't beat LSU, it's not going to matter in, in a lot, in many ways. I don't think anybody will touch LSU the rest of the way. And then Ole Miss, uh, depending on what happens against Georgia, they could still win the West too, even though I think Georgia will take care of that in my opinion. But I think the most important thing for Alabama they can't worry about, and I, I'm not, I wouldn't worry about, I'm not even focusing on Atlanta. They've got to beat, uh, the LSU Tigers, who right now might be the best team in the SEC. I, you know, I said that earlier in the year, and they hit some snags offensively. Uh, but I think overall, this is the team that, you know, needs to, to clean some things up. Uh, as far as Alabama does, still can be more consistent if they're going to beat an LSU team that's capable of scoring 40 points on anyone. So I think they, they're fortunate. They get LSU and Bryant-Denny Stadium. Should be an electric, great crowd. But if they beat LSU, uh, focusing on the rest of the no, you control your own destiny and you can get to the SEC championship game. But until you beat LSU and get revenge for the other loss from last year, None of the other stuff matters, in my opinion. Yeah, 645 a week from Saturday night uh, on CBS, and we'll dive full speed into that game next week. Drew, let me ask you about the Bama football recruiting uh, coming out of a big, big visit weekend for the Tennessee game. Uh, what's happening there? 
Uh, not a whole lot, Gary. I mean, I think they they gained momentum with a couple of guys. I think, uh, you know, they, the uh, Canadian defensive lineman, Steve Mbuamua, I think they're in a really good spot with him. I think they're in a really good spot with Daniel Hill from Meridianville, uh, who, uh, they, who was on campus as well. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, the, the, the recruiting, there's not a lot going on. I mean, I think there's, they've still got guys that they're targeting. If they're, if they're, and they're, I think their defensive line board is being shuffled a little bit. They'd like to get two to three to four, even more, depending on who they can get defensive linemen. But I think that's going to, that, that's going to be a key right there. Uh, but I think right now that's what's going on in football. I think they're in recruiting in that regard. I, I don't think, uh, there's a, a ton going on right now, but, uh, you know, again, I think they, they did make inroads with a couple guys. Both those guys were on campus and I think those are a couple of names to watch, but certainly, uh, you know, I don't think there's anything imminent going to happen right now. Judy Arman with us, uh, talking some, uh, Bama football. We're going to dive into a, a little Bama basketball in a moment, but, uh, nationally on the, on the college football scene. And there's a lot of talk on my show last week because I had a caller call in and, and give this scenario. And I, my, my initial reaction was to say, well, listen, if Alabama goes 12 and one and beats George in the SEC championship game or anybody for that matter and wins the SEC title, they're going to be in the college football playoff. Um, you know, no ifs, ands, buts about it but a deeper dive and you know and again a lot of football be played all around the country but there is a scenario <laughs> out there that you know if if you have four power five conference uh champions that are undefeated or if the big 12 champion is texas with one loss and they had beat alabama head to head because again i'm getting the cart way in front of the horse but i i, I want to get your reaction to that that you could do all of this and and uh, for the first time ever the sec champion might could potentially be left out uh what do you think of that no way in hell. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's any way in hell that's going to happen. I think if Georgia's undefeated, of course they're going to be right. in. If Georgia loses to Alabama, Alabama's going to be in. If I think there's even a scenario where LSU could make it with two losses. So, because I, I think the uh, that some of these teams are going to cannibalize each other. I think Florida State will eventually lose. The ACC is going to lose a lot of its luster because. With, uh, Virginia beating, uh, you know, North Carolina really hurts their, their, the, uh, the power rankings in their league. Clemson's got three losses. So if Florida State slips up, it's going to really hurt them. I think they're a really good team, but I still think Washington and Oregon, the winner of that game likely goes. Now this, the Texas injury to Ewers may change a lot because I thought, you know, they, they could, they could get to a rematch with OU and the winner of that game could go, but then there's that injury. So, I still say when it's all said and done, uh, you know, and, and of course Michigan and Ohio State, but I, I don't think that the SEC champion is going to be left out of the playoff. I just think the, the league, we thought it was down, and I think it is a little bit, but I don't think there's a great team in college football. I watched Penn State and Ohio State, and I think Alabama can uh, beat either one of those teams. I got a uh, message this morning, and I tried to do a little bit on it. Uh, but I have not followed it that closely, so I'll ask you. You usually do a pretty good job of of, of uh, scoping out the national scene. This Michigan cheating scandal is is there is there enough? Does this thing have some teeth here that it could potentially wreck Michigan's season? Or uh, what do you know about it, Drew? I don't know a whole lot about it. I just know that uh, one of their assistant coaches has been accused and caught uh, going to other games and filming. Uh, to be honest with you, though, I don't really pay too too much close attention to it. Uh, you know, I, I cover Alabama and the SEC. 
I'll just say this. Austin on my show is obviously somebody in the NCAA doesn't like hardball. He certainly uh, pissed someone off because they're going after him hard. Uh, you know, with, with Harbaugh and, and what he's, uh, you know, accomplished at Michigan and, and, and the way he's acted at times, I'm not surprised by it. But I don't know a whole lot about it, um, to be honest with you. I, I, I know that that kind of stuff goes on. I mean, it's, uh, it's something that people don't talk about a lot. But, you know, it's one of those things, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, if you're not trying to gain an edge. And it doesn't surprise me that schools are trying to do that. I mean, when Kirby Smart left Alabama, he took a picture of the recruiting board, uh, and he, uh, you know, he he did a lot of things to try to give himself an edge uh, to go to when he went to UGA, and certainly uh, it took him it took him a full season plus to get it rolling there because he lost to Vandy his first year. But again, it's, it, organizations try to gain edges all the time. I think LSU, you know, from what I've been told, I mean, they're they're trying to their their new staff has come in. They've been trying to shake things up and and gain edges any way they can as far as uh, operating on the in, the in the gray areas. I mean, I think there's a lot of tampering going on, not just, you know, in every program. And I think, uh, you know, you've heard uh, coaches talking about the tampering and the transfer portal and stuff. So there's a lot of people trying to gain edges because, look, LSU got Aaron Anderson from Alabama. That's the one guy Alabama didn't want to lose last year. And you know that was probably some third-party stuff going on because, there's, he, he's a New Orleans guy and was committed to LSU. So that's just part of the way things work. And you just have to manage your roster and do the best you can. Yeah, you do. All right, let's get into some basketball. Tom called in this morning and said he really appreciates your basketball IQ. And I'll remind everybody that it was a quote unquote secret scrimmage, although, you know, the box score got out, but, um, so we didn't get to watch it, Drew, but, uh, Alabama, Scrimmage TCU, um, on Sunday and, and, uh, lost 85-81, but the Tide had a lot of people sit out, uh, you know, with some, some nagging injuries. But I guess the, you, you know, you're, what you've been able to find out about it. And of course, I guess the thing that, that just jumps out at you is, is Sam Walters and what he was able to do with 29 points and outstanding shooting from the three point line. But what uh, type of information have you been able to gather on the scrimmage and, and what have you found out that you could share with our listeners? Well, I mean, I just, uh, what, what everyone, I saw the box score. Uh, they lost 85-81. They led with under four minutes to go, 72-69. Uh, you know, Mo Diabate didn't play. Uh, Mo Wagay didn't play. Uh, certainly Mark Sears was held out for a precaution. I'm not sure he'll play on Sunday either. We'll see. Uh, but, uh, he's a, a, you know, he'll be the backcourt mate with Aaron Estrada. And, uh, we didn't see him. Davin Cosby didn't play either. Uh, so there was four guys that, uh, you know, were, did not participate. Uh, so certainly Sears will be a big part of things. It was intri- it was, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, encouraging to see Aaron Estrada play well. Uh, I think that's kind of been lost in it. He had 19. He had, I think, three or four assists. Uh, also you saw, uh, you know, uh, Grant Nelson do it that you hope he's going to do, be a big factor offensively and on the glass. Uh, and then I thought also, you know, I had heard Sam Walters had gained 15 to 20. Uh, they really like him as a stretch three. Uh, and can play the four as well. He made seven threes, ended up with 29. I mean, he's a lefty. He's harder to defend. Uh, so that, that was really encouraging to see him play that well. And they did it without, uh, the best effort in production from a guy that I think will be a good player, Rylan Griffin. Uh, I think he was a little banged up, but he also didn't have a good shooting game. So you expect more out of him as the season goes on. Uh, and certainly I thought Nick Pringle had pretty good production, eight and five. So I think it was, uh, you played an NCAA tournament team. It's very talented, uh, over in Birmingham. I believe it's played at Samford. So 
but it was it, it was good to, to play a good team, measure yourself, and there'll be another opportunity on Sunday. Uh, when they travel to Winston-Salem to take on Wake Forest. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, big picture, though, when you had a team like Alabama had last year, um, you know, Final Four caliber team, a national championship caliber team. It didn't get to the Final Four, which has been, unfortunately, the track record too long at Alabama. But uh, you would expect when you lost what you lost from that roster to not be as competitive the next year. But I don't get the sense that uh, – that's necessarily the case. Uh, you and I have discussed this. I don't know that anybody understands the modern game of basketball better than Nate Oates in regards to the system to run, the way kids want to play, the fact that it's year to year, how to how to rebuild a roster from season to season. And this looks like on paper a roster that, um, you know, this past year's team made it to the Sweet 16. Do you think this team potentially is a, a Sweet 16 or, or team beyond based on the talent that he's been able to put together? We won't know until January. Got it. It's a brutal schedule. Uh, we're gonna. I, you know, I, I hope to get to see the team practice soon. Uh, you know, they've they've got a, I think, good talent. No question about it. And I think they're gonna have a good team. Uh, but I, you know, I, I, I think you just talked about it year to year. You got to see who's healthy, who's gelling into roles. I think the expectation minimum should be NCAA tournament, and I think it will be. Uh, you know, and I think they, they can make it for the fourth year in a row under Nate Oates. And then after that, it's, you know, how healthy are you, how you gel, what your draw is a lot of times. But uh, I do think the roster is good enough to be a top half uh, team in the SEC, potentially. And I think that'll get you to the NCAA tournament. And if so, uh, if you're if you're playing well and you've hit your stride and guys are comfortable in their roles, then you can make a run at any time. I mean, uh, I'll just say... The only Elite Eight team in Alabama history nobody thought would make that run. So uh, we'll see. And I know a lot of people were disappointed that they didn't get past the Sweet 16 last year, but they lost to a team that played for the national championship. Uh, so that, you know, and then two years before that, they lost to a team uh, also uh, that uh, that went to the Final Four and almost played for a national title. Sure. So, again, they've, they've made a lot of progress, and I think the expectation minimum should be NCAA tournament. Well, you know what I always told you? You you you, you can't knock on the door every, every now and then and expect again, but you knock on the door often enough. You put yourself in position. Uh, enough times and eventually you're going to, you're going to kick it in. You're going to make it to final four. I, I think that Nados is going to do it here. I, I think that he will and, uh, may not be this year, but you just keep, keep on knocking on that door and, and, and it'll happen. And I think Alabama's on a collision course, Drew, with a final four with this coaching staff and, um, you know, maybe sooner rather than later. Hey, terrific insight to real quickly kind of, uh, pass along the info for our listeners on how they can, uh, where they can follow you. Yeah, they can follow me on Twitter at DrewD977 ESPN, also at 977 ESPN on our station. And then, of course, uh, I, uh, I, we do talking ball 7 to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday also. And I contribute, uh, you know, to, uh, the, uh, morning blitz, uh, from 9 to 10 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We talk a lot of recruiting and SEC, uh, football. But we always enjoy being on Tide 109 every week and we appreciate the opportunity to be on the Gary Harris show. Thank you, Drew. Thank you. All right, it's 953. Uh, Drew gets off in a hurry. <laughs> All right, let's get to our final break and come back and wrap up uh, this first hour of the program. We'll do that uh, right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. At Patterson 